you come and preach. I'm going to, uh, there's stuff for years one and two at the back. I think there's some painting, so you can go and do that. Uh, but also some people who are listening. Um, I'm going to go around and make sure everything's, all the ovens are on. But, um, so that the rest of you can be here and be blessed by the Lord, word Anissa is going to bring to us. So let's just come to the Lord in prayer. Father, our God, I just thank you for your servant, Anissa. She's uh, been preparing for this day. Lord, uh, we, we know that you've given the right words for her to, to bring to us. Lord, she doesn't know us, uh, many of us, so well. But, uh, Lord, just may our hearts be open to have you want, uh, what you want to say to each and every one of us. It might be different from, each, from one person to the other, but we know that you can... Um, work in each and, our, each and every one of our lives. Lord, I just pray for her, calm her, uh, and just be with her as she speaks to us this morning. Lord, again, thank you for her family um, this morning. Uh, Lord, just be with her in Jesus' name. Amen. There's water there. Is this okie And you know you're being filmed, but don't worry. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Anissa, as uh, they just introduced me. And um, uh, by profession, I'm a chartered accountant, but I'm a lay minister at uh, Holy Trinity Church in Hounslow. We live very close by, but we worship uh, in Hounslow. And I'm here with my family, my husband, and my three children. And uh, I thank God for giving me this opportunity to stand in front of you today and to share the word of God. Uh, Sarita is a very good friend of mine. We've known each other for years, and uh, more than a friend, she's a sister to me. So thank you for inviting me, and thank you, Auntie Hilda, as well. And thank you to all the leaders and um, of this church as well. Thank you, Pam, for sending me the emails and organizing a date with me. So um, um, the reading we just heard today was from Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. I'll just read that again. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I've given a heading to my sermon today, and I've given the heading that the yoke's on you. Now, who loves a good practical joke? We all love a good practical joke, unless, of course, it's on us, isn't it? So imagine having a close friend call you. Imagine you're preparing for a job interview, and you're very nervous, and one of your friends knows, and they decide to call you in a changed voice and tell you that we're calling, I'm calling you from so-and-so company. And of course, you'll be taken off guard, and you'll get very nervous, because they might say that before your main interview, we want a telephone interview. So all of a sudden, you get very nervous, and then to, just to find out that it was your friend trying to just um, pull a prank on you. So just like that, actually, the devil also wants us to feel the pressure, uh, unnecessarily, basically, that he tells people that he, they need to measure up to God's standard in order to be accepted by God. 
and many people feel the pressure. It is actually to heavy hearts like these that Jesus was mentioning these words in Matthew chapter 11. And Jesus is extending the same call today to each and every one of us today. Because he's inviting people to accept him as the only way to know God, rather than trying to be an object of Satan's joke by trying to measure up in our own strength. I'd like to share my testimony. Actually, I was born in Kenya, and my family is still there. I was born in a Hindu family, uh, worshipping idols. And um, I just learned it uh, from my grandparents and parents because I was born into a family like that. And uh, of course, I didn't know anything about Jesus apart from just the holidays that we had in school because Kenya is a Christian country. And uh, I was born and brought up worshipping idols. And I had this issue of uh, really chronic stomach aches and uh, having nightmares all the time. And as my issue grew worse, uh, I was more like in search of God, but I was in search of God from my own idols rather than anything else. I was like, because as an idol worshiper, people have loads of idols, so we don't know which one to serve the best. So, um, so I started searching, a hunger sort of started growing in my heart that I need to know whom I need to serve just so that some God could help me, uh, deliver me from my problems. So I, I used to just keep uh, going deeper into this idol worship and in search of God. And years went by with my trouble, with my pain and uh, nightmares issue. And I grew up and then I came to this country to do my ACCA. And the problems were still there. After uh, a few years, um, my husband, he introduced me to a church because he was a Christian. And he's like, oh, let's go to a church. And I went to a couple of churches and I didn't understand anything because I'd never read or opened a Bible. So I didn't know any characters from the Bible anyway. So I never understood what was going on there. And then we went to a church in Kingsbury, not very far from here, Row Green, Alpha and Omega Church. And uh, I really enjoyed the worship there, and uh, uh, we met with the bishop, and it was great. I had a good time. I didn't understand much anyway. And then I told him, yeah, I would like to still attend uh, a few more services. So I attended maybe for a month, so four Sundays maybe. And um, that day they had a preacher from America, and uh, when he spoke, there was, it, was, it was a congregation of around 250 people that evening. And when he spoke, it's as though God just touched my life and my understanding of whom I was searching for, Jesus came alive to me, basically. I realized that the, the God that I'm searching for is not in my idols, it's actually Jesus Christ. And I gave my life to Christ that evening and since then have been following God. And the bishop came over to pray for me and all my troubles just vanished and they've never came back, no nightmare since then. And, and I just fell in love with Jesus Christ because I was like, I need to know him, I need to know him deeper. So that's when I got into the Bible and started knowing about him, started, started spending time with him. And I realized that yes, he wants us to be his friend. He loves us and if you're searching, if you've got hunger, it doesn't matter, even if you're searching in the wrong places, he'll still get to you, he'll come to you. And anyway, so I'll go back to my um, sermon. We, Jesus here is talking about a yoke. Now, I've got a picture that I printed out. Generally, they have two animals and they have a yoke, a sort of a harness 
on the animal. So I'll just pass it around so you can have a clear look at it and then we'll talk more about this york. So this yoke was a part of a harness. It was put on these two animals and it was used to pu pull a cart or a plow or a mill beam. It was like an instrument by means that the animal's master kept them under control and guided them for work. So when Jesus uses this metaphor of a yoke, it of course has a very deep and a special meaning um, to it. So we'll see what this yoke teaches us and what Jesus wanted to tell us about. Um, this yoke. First, we realize that this yoke teaches us that we can't measure up. So basically, this yoke was designed for two animals. It was an instrument to, to bring this, the strength of the two animals together to fulfill a certain job. And here, Jesus was speaking to a group of people who had been trying to carry an impossible load. He was talking to this he was talking to Jewish people, and Jewish people had their own load that they were trying to follow and their own standards that they were trying to follow to impress God, so to speak. And Jesus' listeners were, of course, they were very exhausted from trying to measure up to the standard by doing it all themselves. And in our case, in our day, it's true today as well, because when we're trying to do things on our own accord, without God, without Jesus, we see that we have like a lot of stress, a lot of depression, we feel inadequate because, um, or any other conditions that we always feel inadequate, inadequate, that we can't measure up. And we try to then um, get rid of this burden by doing other things, like maybe climb on a career ladder, try and do more things, uh, more activity in the church, or just trying to do something to fill that gap. But in, and in all these efforts, our desire is to just be approved by God, actually. And this instrument actually speaks to us today that no one man without God can make a standard high enough to merit heaven just on our own. Because if we try and do that, it will be frustrating and exhausting. The second thing the yoke teaches us is that Jesus does measure up to the standard. Jesus here is saying, take my yoke upon you. He's calling us into his yoke. He's inviting us into his yoke. Now, um, I did a little study about these two animals on whom the yoke was placed. These two animals were actually two different sort of animals. One of the animal was actually generally more experienced than the other animal. So they used to join one who was very experienced and the other who was not that very experienced. So the second animal who was not very experienced, he became sort of a learner from the one that who was experienced and the master would kind of give instructions to the one who's more experienced and he would do the leading and the other learner would just follow. So the, the one who, had, um, who was more experienced, he provided um, the direction and the leadership and so to speak to train the one that was not very learned. Jesus here says a few words. He says, come to me. He's calling us to himself, to him alone and not to any other he also says, I will give my yoke. This word is just talking personally just about himself. Learn of me, he says, I am gentle, my yoke and my burden. He's talking about everything about himself, which is heavenly. Jesus here was contrasting himself with the religious leaders of his day. He didn't only claim to, be, to know the only way to God, he claimed to be the only way to God. 
we see the contrast here that Jesus, he, he's gentle, he's lowly in heart, he demonstrated meekness and humility, whereas the religious leaders of his day, they had extraordinary pride, they wanted places of honor, they wanted the name, they wanted special titles, authority over others and everything. So they were, they were very different to what Jesus was portraying himself. Now we know that God's uh, standard for getting into heaven is, is one that remains a level of perfection and only Jesus attained it. Um, knowing that the standard was impossible to reach, so God sent his only son, Jesus. And Jesus for 33 years while he was here, he did what we couldn't do. He lived a good life, he, um, he measured up, he made the grade, and uh, he lived a sinless life, and then he suffered the death for us, and then he resurrected, and he earned the right to become the experienced member of the team that he's inviting us into, the team in the yoke. And for God, if we get into the yoke with him, with Jesus alone, he fulfills the credentials that God is expecting of us because he knows that we can't do it on our own. The third thing the yoke teaches us is that we can measure up, but we can only measure up with him if we're in his yoke. So the two animals, these two animals who placed in the yoke, they work together to accomplish a task. And Jesus promises us that if we're in cooperative effort with him, it would result in a refreshing experience for his weary, tired followers. So if you're weary and if you're tired trying to do things on your own, just get into the yoke, accept the invitation that Jesus is uh, extending out to you, get into the yoke with him, and he's the experienced learner, he's merited heaven and a place rightful with God, and God sees us through the eyes of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 11:28, he says, um, I will give you rest. Now, the rest that he's offered up was a resting up or rejuvenation from a weariness of trying to measure up. It's a rest for our souls as well. It's an unceasing sense of well-being with regards to our relationship with God. So when we get into this yoke with Jesus, it's, a, it's an initial and a continual relief from heavy burden. Like I just shared my testimony, I was trying to do so much and so many things, trying to make any of my idols happy. If, if somebody told me, oh, do this, do that, I would just follow suit, just trying to do so many things, not realizing that here, God loves me, he's paid the price for me, all I need to do is just accept him as my savior and just get into the yoke with him. And I don't need to worry about doing anything because he's done it all for me. And all I need to do is just follow him, follow his word, be in a love relationship with God, because eventually he's coming for a bride. He's our bridegroom, and just follow suit. And eventually he'll guide you. And it's so easy, it's really easy, because all the stress and all the weariness just gets lifted off that you, need, you don't need to worry. All you need to do is just love him well, love him right, follow his word, follow him, and he'll guide you, because he's more experienced, he'll guide us. He's talking about a burden here as well. So, of course, when we get into this yoke, it's not like we don't have to do anything. Well, we have to do something, but he promises us that actually the work that we need to do, because we need to work hand in hand with God to get his purposes, his heavenly purposes fulfilled. 
But with Jesus, the workload is lightened up. It's a work of love and it's a work of joy. It's not one of, that is a burden that feels heavy because he clearly says here, my burden is light. So in essence, this light load is the difference between doing things for Jesus and doing things with Jesus. Because if you're just trying to do loads of things for him, just on your own, it'll, you'll feel tired, you'll feel weary. But if you're tr now doing things with Jesus and his Holy Spirit, it'll really get lightened up. The cosmic killjoy, I would try, like to call that uh, name to the devil, he continues to play this practical joke on people that they need to do so much on their own accord that they must try and measure up. So he tries to tell people something totally different to what actually Jesus' words here are telling us. And, and he, he tries, the devil wants us to believe that the load is heavy, causes frustration, and in essence, he, the main thing he wants is to take, uh, for us to take our eyes off of Jesus. But when we're in the yoke with Jesus, our eyes are focused on him, and our guidance and everything is coming from him. And that's what the devil doesn't want, to make our load easy. And he wants us to take our focus off of Jesus. Um, I, I mentioned this phrase somewhere when I preached last time, that the devil can't dethrone God off his throne because God is already on the throne. But what the devil tries to do is he, can, he tries to dethrone God from your heart. Because if he can get there, then he knows he's got it his way. So, he, because he can't actually go up in heaven and try and dethrone God now, because God is already on the throne. So, but he always tries to dethrone God in your heart. So, we see that Jesus uh, lived a perfect life, and he's the one that within that right relationship with God, uh, that things do become easier, and we get the skills and the wisdom, everything from God and his word. And then we live a life that is a faithful service unto him. So basically, the choice is ours, either the joke's on us, I would put it, or the yoke's on us. So I'd encourage you, try and get into the yoke with Jesus and experience the life that he wants you to experience through him, uh, the life that he offers up, uh, and things will be very different and a lot better. And uh, as we all know, that he's the only way, the truth, and the life. So and when, we, when he's inviting us into a yoke, it's for his purposes, and he knows that it's going to be a much better exper experiential journey with him whilst we're on this earth. So we'll just take a moment to reflect on our lives and to focus on Jesus. And if we feel weary and tired, we'll just focus ourselves and um, just ask the Lord to and accept his invitation to get into the yoke with him and try and build this relationship with him for in getting into the word of God, praying and living an experiential life that Jesus offers up to us. So we'll just close our eyes for a moment and um, focus uh, on him and our lives, reflect on our lives as well, and I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, O Lord God. Father God, we thank you for inviting us into your yoke, one that is easy, one that will provide rest for our souls, O Lord God. Father God, we thank you for your burden is light, and there is no other burden on this earth that is lighter than your burden, Lord. Father God, we thank you, O oh Lord God, for providing us a way that we could come to you. Jesus, 
we accept your invitation to get into the yoke with you and to walk with you, to learn from you, because you know it all, Lord. You know our end from the beginning, Lord. Father God, we thank you. Help us to build this love relationship with you, where we can learn from you, get wisdom and knowledge from you, Lord God. Get our life's direction from you as well, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.